0: belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. Today's message is on April 4th, 2021, Easter Sunday. The speaker is John Ray, and the location is Pratt Place in and Barn in Fayetteville, Arkansas.
1: ever there was a year we needed Easter, isn't it this one? This time last year, I preached that we actually needed two Easter's, the Easter's that we celebrated last April 21st, and then the one that was to come, the one that would be the Easter when we were all able to meet back together unmasked and close. And we are still a little ways away from that. We are closer, but we are still waiting. But what are we waiting for? What are we truly waiting for this Easter? Are we waiting for things just to go back to normal? Or have we given up waiting at all and just accepted, hey, this is just the way things are and the way things are going to be. Well, resurrection, or better, the practice of resurrection, says no to both. It refuses both nostalgia and fatalism. Practicing resurrection leads us into a new future framed and formed by a Holy Spirit-filled imagination and the continuing encounter with Jesus. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for us as a people who are formed by resurrection, but also a people who are now well-schooled in the practice of pandemic, who are awake now, to the injustices and inequity we see all around us, as well as being individuals formed by significant personal tragedies. What does resurrection mean for us? Well, we start to see that in the text as we read this morning. So Laura is going to come up and read our text this morning.
0: Now, very early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been moved away from the entrance. So she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out to go to the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the strips of linen cloth laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who had been following him, arrived and went right into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been around Jesus' head, not lying with the strips of linen cloth, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, came in and saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. So the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she bent down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary replied, They have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have put him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Because she thought he was the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus replied, do not touch me for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and informed the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what Jesus had said to her.
1: Friends, resurrection is not a one-time event. Although, make no mistake, resurrection The resurrection of Jesus is not metaphor, but fact. But resurrection is also a practice that stems from the resurrection of Jesus and continues to be cultivated by us, his followers, witnesses, and image bearers. We, the collective followers of Jesus, the church, are to be people who practice resurrection in all we do. And don't we have an opportunity for it this year. This week, as we were preparing for today, I'm, we asked a number of people, how would you describe this last year? How would you describe 2020? Well, the words that we got back were endless, <laughs> isolated, enclosed, suffocating, rudderless. Heavy, depressive, overwhelming, sorrowful, hopeless, disorienting, meaningless, lonely, full of unvalidated grief and sadness, like endlessly treading water, stagnant, stuck, and confusing. But friends, as Frederick Buechner has said, resurrection means that the worst thing is never The last thing is that we begin and continue to practice resurrection every day. We see that those things are not the final words. Those descriptions will not have the final say. We as people of faith and followers of Jesus, we know that this is not the end. But what of the future that seems so uncertain right now, so clouded? Well, we know we can't go back. As much as some of us may want that, may want to just return to the way things were. But we really ask ourselves, again, as we were preparing for today, Alex asked the question, what would we lose if we just went back to the way things were before all this happened? Think about what we would lose. Think of the ignorance that we would have to return to. No, we can't go back. At the same time, we don't just accept the way things are. We don't just sit here and say, well, it'll always just be like this, because it won't. No, there is something more. I believe this with every fiber of my being, that right now we are being given a a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation opportunity to change. Jane and I have been in professional ministry, vocational ministry, for well over 30 years. I cannot tell you during those 30 years how many sermons, seminars, books, conferences, plans that I have encountered that were designed to address the deficiencies of the church, that were designed to lead us out of the problems that we were facing. None of them worked. None of them came close to working. Now, though, we have a real chance, after more than a year of waiting and undoing and unveiling, to finally have the momentum to move beyond the things that have held us back into something new and fresh. But the temptation is always going to be there to just to try to go back to the way things were, to return to the habits and the rituals and the ways, the practices that formed us in the first place. We must not do that. But we must also find the courage and the energy to move forward into something new and not to stay stuck here. The great thing is we are not the first people to face this situation, not by a long shot. In fact, much of the New Testament is testimony to a people presented with the exact same situation. If there's ever a year we could identify with those first disciples, those first followers of Jesus, isn't it this year where everything they had known, the way that they had always done things, was gone, was disrupted? that the corruption that had built up over years had been revealed, unveiled. They saw it all. It had all been unveiled. They couldn't go back. And yet, how do they go forward? Well, much of the New Testament is the testimony of that very thing. The wins and the losses, the mistakes and the good things. And as an aside, honestly, if we would read the New Testament that way, it would save us from a lot of really bad exegesis and understanding. But we're like Mary at the tomb. We're not sure what we see. Is it the gardener or is it Jesus? Do we plan a burial or a party? What do we do? We need the voice of Jesus to continually reveal things to us, to call our name, to direct our attention and our affections. Even here in John's recounting of that first Easter morning, we see that Mary wanted to cling to the Jesus of the past as he gently instructs her to the new vocation and witness, to the Jesus who has conquered death and is ascending to the Father, now to be glorified by his followers, obedient affections, and proclaimed as Savior, Liberator, and Lord of all humankind. The call is the same for us, and one we must fearlessly embrace, rejecting the soporific nostalgia Utopian fantasies or nihilistic fatalism, instead clear-eyed and steadfast in our vocation as witnesses to the ancient future kingdom coming. N.T. Wright captures this call to fearless freedom when he writes, The resurrection of Jesus issues the surprising command, don't be afraid. Because the God who made the world is the God who raised Jesus from the dead and calls us now to follow him. Believing in the resurrection of Jesus isn't just a matter of believing that certain things are true about the physical body of Jesus that had been crucified. These truths are vital and non negotiable, but they point beyond themselves to the God who is responsible for them. Believing in this good news means believing that it is going to be all right. And it is this belief ultimately that is incompatible with fear. Perfect love cast out fear. Resurrection cast out fear. Practicing resurrection here at Grace Church is exemplified in the practice of hospitality, the welcoming of everyone into this community of Jesus, period, everyone. The work of becoming is based in this first fearless belonging. We find ourselves fit to the work of apprenticing to Jesus by the invitation of Jesus and the encouragement, example, and exhortation of others in the community of Jesus. We welcome and participate. This forms our confession We slowly, in fits and starts at times, yes, but in long stretches of doubt and sudden moments of revelation, we come to believe, truly believe, and embody what we confess. He is risen. And this changes everything, overcomes everything, and redeems everything. You know, I wonder how many times the disciples, how many times Mary herself had seen Jesus do the impossible. How many times had he healed the incurable, escaped the inescapable, overcome the most impossible of odds. I mean, even just a short time before the crucifixion, he had raised a man from the dead. She had been witness to this. The disciples had been witness to this. But the cross was different. This may have seemed obviously, truly, the end. The trial, the beatings, the cross, the spear in his side, nothing could be more certain than the fact that it was over, that Jesus was dead. All their hopes and dreams. The huge all end gamble that they made had crapped out. Nothing to do now but make sure that the body was properly buried, packed up, head back home. What despair they must have carried. The women who had been seen and invited into this previous off-limits world of being a follower of a rabbi, not as a servant or as a wife, but as a true disciple, they now faced having to return to the strictures of domestic servitude. And the men, called away from tax booths and fishing nets, faced the demeaning and eviscerating task, of having to start all over again, carrying the shame of being one of those who was foolish enough to follow. But then the resurrection, then the impossible, then the final enemy death is defeated. Nothing, I mean nothing, now stands in the way of the promises of God to make to be made real, to come to pass. Friends, people of Grace Church, this is the perfect time for all of us and each of us to once again commit ourselves to the practice of resurrection. There is nothing that stands in our way except our own clinging to some outdated imagination of the good old days or the darkened imagination that says things will never change. As we move ahead, many of us into a life we never would have imagined, we do so with hope. The resurrection of Jesus calls us, compels us to something utterly and astonishingly different. It calls us to double down on practicing resurrection, to freely and fearlessly lay down our own lives because we have been given new life in Jesus. It is the call to be born again, again. Today, by the power of the Spirit and the promise of the gospel and the presence of the kingdom of the resurrected King, hallelujah, He is risen. I'm gonna ask Alex in the worship team and those serving communion to come back up. It's going to take practice, y'all. Meeting together again, being together again, moving forward. But we're not going to go back. We're not moving back and we're not going to stay the same, isolated and alone we are going to come back together and we are going to move into this new future, this once in a generation chance to truly be reformed into the image of the living God.
0: Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at GraceChurchNWA.org. Grace and peace.